1: I'm WSB's Herman Kane, and depend on this whenever and wherever there's breaking news, severe weather alerts, or a traffic red alert. The WSB 24 Hour Breaking News Center will
2: tell you
3: about it. News 95.5 and AM 750.
2: WSB, depend on it.
4: Hey, this is Lois Griffin, and you are listening to The Mark Aram Show.
2: No,
5: I want this town to be near you. No, grey skies of the blue
0: Back to the show and a good Wednesday eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. It's seven after eleven. This is the Mark Aram show heard Monday through Friday, 10 to midnight on News 95-5 and AM 750 WSB. Everybody on board, low T chalk screens the calls while sexting hot neighbor, Longori on the other side of the takeout window. Uh, Snapchatting with Mark Aylwine. And uh <laughs> yep. yours truly, just running the show. Uh, we are discussing some. Some interesting topics today. It's, it's not the typical Mark Aram show fair, but uh, news out of the New York Times today that the death rate in the United States has risen for the first time in a decade, and the three major causes of the death rate climb, drug overdoses, suicides, and Alzheimer's disease. And that's opened up a whole can of worms here as we discuss um Obviously, a lot of topics that have to go along with that. Um, I think the thing we have to keep an eye on is the ODs, the overdoses, the heroin epidemic that is literally sweeping the nation, and it's not just in the poor areas now; it's it's in the suburbs. I where's mean, where's
3: all this heroin coming from?
0: It's always been around, right? But right. now they have, uh, you know, the, the the people, mostly kids that take the, the opiates, the painkillers, and a, a high percentage of these are like high school athletes. So like, Chuck, you're running track in Montana back in the uh, mid-90s, right? Somewhere around there?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And you you uh, break your ankle because you're a klutz. Yeah. And the uh, the town doctor, I'm assuming it's like Little House on the Prairie, the guy comes to your house with his little black bag and <laughs> yeah. says, oh, low T, take mm. these pills, uh, these opiates, so that they're painkillers to make you feel good. And you get hooked on that. And then when you you run out of pills, you, you still want that feeling. And that's when the kids start turning to the black market pills and then eventually heroin.
3: But I, like, okay, let's be honest. If I wanted to get certain illegal drugs, mm-hmm. I know where I can go to get most of them. Sure. Or used to when I was yeah. younger. Like, I, if I want to get yeah, weed, yeah. I could get weed. If yeah. I want, you know, cocaine. I, I knew the guys that del- Sure. I have no idea where I would have went or who. I didn't know anybody or no other. It probably wasn't even a know. thing
0: back then. It probably and wasn't. So th- yeah.
3: that's got to be it. So yeah. that's why it's surprising to me because in my Well, the, the sphere, people my... that
0: were selling weed and were or selling. They bumped
3: up to heroin They've, now? They, is they, that what it is? They
0: provide what the market I, demands. I, I guess because I just, I, I've just i
3: always been. There's a few other things. I'm like, I don't even know where you would go to get that. Yeah. I don't it's, know either. And I don't want to know. Blah, no, blah, I don't want to know. I'm not saying that. I just. That, that's why it's hard for me to, to wrap my mind around the heroin thing, because in my worldview, sphere, whatever. You can't get it. it just Yeah, yeah it never yeah. existed. Uh,
0: so that topic's opened up a bigger topic. Uh, even though the death rate's rising here in the U.S. in 2016, I still contend that this is the greatest time to ever be alive in human history. Of all the hundreds of billions of people that have walked this planet, we have won the life lottery, and we get to be alive in the greatest time ever. 2016 is the greatest time to be alive. Uh, if you disagree, when would you rather have been alive than right now? 404 750 Carlos was uh, discussing things before the news. Carlos, welcome back, brother.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, listen, you, you guys are, are, are really reeling my brain with this. Um, uh, aside from what I was uh, discussing before, I have just two more points. Um, I've had three people die uh, because of suicide in my immediate family. Wow. Um, I've also had, my wife was actually kicked in the head when we were horseback riding, and the doctors, her her grandmother had Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And because of the fact that she was kicked in the head, and she doesn't remember most of her past, and I had to reinvent myself for her to know me, um, there's a possibility of Alzheimer's with her so your wife and lost
0: your wife lost memory after being kicked in the head
1: uh, with a horse yeah wow um, yeah so because the brain now is damaged and the brain had to relearn itself mm-hmm. so there is a possibility of Alzheimer's because it ran into sure, sure. side of it being hereditary.
0: My grandfather had it so I, that's, a, that's a concern for me as well.
1: Oh yeah, and and for my the rest of my family. But here's the other thing I wanted to say. You were asking where would I would like to be uh, in the past.
0: It, would you, would you rather bad. lived at another time? Yes.
1: Yes, I would prefer to live 100 years in the future.
0: <laughs> okay, that is not an option on the Mark Aram Show tonight. I, oh and, man, and I'm oh. going to say I'm going to say I don't want to live 100 years in the future. Um, No,
1: I don't want to live there. I would like to be there to see what we've done, because you're saying right now 2016 is the best.
0: The height of human uh, history. Yes.
1: Well, at this point. Correct. All right. And we have to understand if this is the height of this point, Mm -hmm. then take a look at the world and see where we are as humanity.
0: And we'll do that tomorrow night on the Mark Aram Show. The only reason why I don't put faith that things will be better in a hundred years, right? I don't trust that we're going to be able to keep this thing rolling. <laughs> you think someone's going to mess it up somewhere? I else? think I, you know, hmm. it could go downhill in a hurry. No, oh, yeah, I'm pretty it sure. could. The, you know, have you ever watched uh, the the Orson Welles Time Machine? George Orwell's time oh, machine. No, no, Orson, no. Wells. Orson Welles. No. <laughs> um, you know, things could get pretty. St- Yep. shifty in the future. I don't want to time travel 100 years in the future because I, I might not like what's going on here. We might not even be here anymore. That's another well, story. Well, we won't be here anymore. Paul's at Decatur. Paul, you're on the Mark Aram Show.
5: How are you doing this evening, Mark? What's
0: going on, Paulie?
5: Oh, not too much. Look here. Uh, that really, This conversation really struck a real chord with me. Uh, I, my uncle, I just recently had to uh, bury him. He... Died of Alzheimer's.
0: Oh man, I'm sorry. And
5: yeah, and, uh, you know, I had to make two trips. Um, I had just got back recently from Las Vegas. That's where he retired in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. He was 30 years Air Force, and he, he, for some reason, chose Las Vegas. And uh, that's that's where he you know perspired.
0: Was it a uh, was it a, a a slow decline or a rapid decline with the Alzheimer's? It
5: it, it was it was a slow one. Yeah, it, it, it was slow, and he got to the point that he didn't know me and his brother, which is you know my father. Mm-hmm. And we had to make two back to back trips. I mean, within a month and a half, we had to make two trips back to Las Vegas. And uh we just recently buried him uh, but about two weeks ago we just got back. And and it was it was one of those and the strange thing about it is that when we flew out to Las Vegas this last time, just like the first time, you know, everybody thinks that when you get on a plane going to Las Vegas, hey, whoopee doo Las Vegas Yeah,
0: not you know, this time.
5: And, and, and no, and it's like no I'm you know when I'm sitting on the plane talking with, you know, people, you know, around me, and, you know, I'm going to a funeral, and they're like in Las Vegas, and I'm like, people die in Las Vegas. Yeah, they,
0: absolutely.
2: They, they die in Hawaii. They die They die Alaska.
0: everywhere. I, I mean, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Paul, I, I appreciate the call. We got to run. We got Lonely Tailgater on deck to do Blessed or Not Blessed. And now... It's time for Blessed or Not Blessed with the Lonely Tailgater. He's the world's foremost expert of what is blessed and what is not blessed. He joins us every Wednesday on the Mark Aram Show. He is the Lonely Tailgater. How are you doing,
2: buddy? Mark, I too once fell under the spell of opium. Really? It was 1979. I was traveling to Yangtze in search of a Mongolian horsehair (laughs) vest. There you go. Let me tell you what's going to kill me. This depressing show. Oh, need to funny this <laughs> stuff up, man.
0: That's why we bring, bring you here. Another year. You are uh, the comic relief on the show tonight. I guess so. But I have no idea what to ask you for, blessed or not blessed. Because <laughs> top we're...
2: five best ways to die.
0: Let's go. No, 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 no. That's that's too deep, uh, Chuck. Was, you got, you uh, got anything? What was
2: the naked gun? The best way to die? Getting caught in the gears of a combine. Your parachute not opening, you know. I mean, you remember Frank Drebin? Yeah, I do. those are good ways to die.
0: Right? Um, <laughs> what, what should we ask, uh, blessed or not blessed with the tailgater here?
2: diseases?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were gonna get, if you're gonna get axed by something uh, five hundred years ago, you know. The, the, I, mm-hmm beheading blessed or not blessed
2: <laughs> bubonic plague you know no right no I mean, no honestly,
3: i'd rather get beheaded than get to go through the play
0: i don't know we gotta brighten this up this is nah, this is this is I, too I'd say deep we're
3: gonna go down the rabbit hole let's just go all the way down. Look, all right here we Please go you, the yeah, great potato famine beheading
2: <laughs> blessed drawn and quartered not blessed yeah see. i agree yeah it's
3: quick I'm, what I'm they game.
0: did to mel gibson on the rack
3: yeah that's horrible in uh <laughs> what was not the name
0: of best. that movie um William Wallace. Yeah. Braveheart. Braveheart. That was not there blessed. You go. That was not a blessed way to go.
2: Also, did did, did somebody say it was George Orwell's time machine earlier? <laughs> that
0: was me. Yeah, that was Mark.
2: There you go. Yeah. That's blessed. Now, that's blessed.
0: You mock me. You mock me con- <laughs> consistently. Uh firing squad blessed or not blessed?
2: Wow. It's blessed if these people are like crack shots and I'm going to hit you right in the forehead and one hit you in the heart. If they're horrible shots, it's very not blessed.
0: Is that more humane than the electric chair? Is the firing squad more humane? Yes. It is, no, right?
2: I, I, would have said, I would have said yes before the Green Mile, but then when he didn't wet that sponge, you remember that scene?
0: Yeah, that was awful.
2: Oh, I don't know, man. That Percy.
0: You're the Percy of the Mark Aram show. Long there glory. you go. I called him Longoria. What's wrong with you, dude? You're the Percy. You're just here. (laughs) It's going down. It's
2: gotten so depressing that you're off your game, man. You're
0: only here because you're the the nephew of the governor. That's the only reason why you're on the show. You're the nephew of the governor, so we had to put you on here, and hopefully you'll eventually transfer up to Greenhaven.
2: Very blessed. Percy,
0: come on. That's a Uh, green mile. That's a a great movie. Um, All right, blessed or not blessed, another way to... uh, All right, is it more blessed to be uh, bitten by a black widow or a cobra?
2: Wow. I'm feeling that a cobra might be more lethal. Now, I don't know. I'm thinking that if the the cobra is more lethal, then then the black widow is the more blessed thing to be bitten by.
0: But you're going to die either way.
2: Did people die from black widow? I don't body? know if you die from black widow. I think Wither so.
0: Body? No. Google it. I, I think you. <laughs> Longoria is he's frustrated with the the erroneous information being thrown <laughs> on the Mark <laughs> Eric show tonight. <laughs> Do you, have you seen a, an increase in snake pictures of people on Facebook? Snakes are out in mass. Every every time I log onto Facebook, someone's like, oh, "I'd kill don't this." Give me
2: st- don't get me started on snakes. These these, dumb nuts down in Florida. They buy a python or yeah. a boa constrictor, it gets a little too big for their closet, and then they just dump it in the backyard.
0: And they throw it in, no, they throw it into the uh, Everglades, and now there's 90 feet tell, pythons and, uh Nudnicks. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: This it ki- rarely kills people, but it's important to get medical attention. For I the assume. black widow? Yeah. What about rarely. scorpions?
0: Uh, there's apparently scorpions in Georgia, did you know that? Oh, yeah, there's scorpions everywhere. Yeah. There's not scorpions everywhere. No. there's no There are no scorpions in, in Connecticut. Well, you know, <laughs> that you no saw. No, there's no Did scorpions in Connecticut. No, they're no, not. No. How are they not? What's that, Longoria? I mean, <laughs> tailgater. <Taylor> <laughs> you say?
2: are really off your game with all this death talk, man.
0: I know. I apologize. Everything else all yeah. right? Uh,
2: are, are you gonna get call Gilbert Godfrey? Interview him for tomorrow night's show. Okay? Oh, do you know
0: who's on oh, tomorrow night's show. Called. You ready?
2: You ready? Very you
0: Frank DeFord. He's still alive? He is still alive. His final interview tomorrow night on the Mark Aram Show. And we got uh, Tom Glavin coming up next half hour. So um, we got that. I'm sorry, Tailgate. I let you down. Have a blessed hey, evening.
2: Listen, no, seriously. You're a carpet bagging Yankee. Fan. <laughs> Did any pitcher in baseball history get more charity than Tom Glavin? Can I say that in Atlanta? Can
0: no, you cannot say that. In fact, I'm hanging up on you. Have a blessed night.
2: Jerry Beach forever. Jerry Beach forever.
0: All right, we're going to get this thing back on track. Zach, Marco, Nicole, you will be next. We will button up, fly right, fly straight, whatever. It's the Mark Aram Show. Uh Mark I
2: think we really got
3: something in. What
2: do we got? An idea. What
3: idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know
6: what the idea is. It's about Nothing.
0: Welcome back to the show. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. Nicole joins us on the program. How are you doing,
6: Nicole? I'm good, thanks, Mark. How are you? Excellent. What's going on? Um, I wanted to bring up a point about the opiate situation from firsthand experience. Yes, please. Um, you know, so I was a high school athlete. Um, I played every sport. I through the course of time hurt my back really bad in high school. Um, Sports were, like, a really big deal in the town that I'm from. So, of course, I went to the doctor, and they'll do anything to keep you active as an athlete.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: So, um, of course, they start you on painkillers in high school right out the gate. Um, through uh, the course of time, I guess I needed surgery on my back. I denied having the surgery. I had a couple surgeries. Um, after that, I didn't want to continue the surgeries. Um so That pretty much puts us, a lot of people that I know, I'm 35, and we've all been on painkillers for a long time now. Um, just recently, the CDC in Atlanta has declared opiates an epidemic because I guess 260,000 people died last year from opiates alone.
0: In Georgia or in the United States? Um,
6: I guess uh, to the, I guess North Carolina just passed the law. The doctors informed us uh, a couple months ago that the federal government approached them and told them that opiates are now an epidemic. The CDC in Atlanta declared 260,000 people dead.
0: Yeah, that, I don't so, think that that's not just Georgia. I think
6: that's I think that's over the entire United States, yeah. 260,000 yeah.
0: people. Let have me died. let me let me ask you a question. Um d- have you ever swayed from the opiates to to the next step to the heroin?
6: Um no. I I don't I don't sway from my painkillers, but you know, the painkillers that they have us on is an unbelievable amount. Um, I mean, uh, what they are giving us is 150, um, it's typically like 150, 30 milligram pills of opiate. Wow.
0: Unbelievable. Nicole, stay, uh, stay strong, my friend. Don't let that uh, addiction get wrapped around you. Man. All right, we got Tom Glavin coming up next. What more do I need to say? Hall of Famer, lefty, good all-around dude. And I've do I have tickets to give away too, Loti? I think we have tickets to give away too tonight. Yes. Journey or something? No. What was it? Same thing as last night. Same thing as last night. All right. But well, that's good. 404-872-0750 on Twitter at Mark Aram. This is the Mark Aram Show. <laughs>
3: I'm WSB's
2: Car Howard. Now from Dunwoody to Douglasville. Washington to Woodstock. Whenever and wherever there's Either severe weather, a traffic red alert, or breaking news, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will break in, depend on it. Hi, this is Kevin Neal, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show.
1: Boy, that is Jewish.
5: He packed in the animals two by two. The ox, the camel, and the him in that ark so tight. I could get no sleep that night.
0: Welcome back to the Mark Aram show joining us. He is a Brave's legend. He's a Hall of Famer and uh, and now an author. He is the left-hander Tom Glavin on WSB. How are you, Tom?
5: I'm good, Mark. How are you doing?
0: Excellent. An author, did, did you always know you were going to write a book about uh, about your playing days, or is this something that, that really popped up post-retirement?
4: You know, it's kind of, actually, it's uh, a second edition, so to speak. I had done one, oh gosh, right after we won the World Series in 95, um, called None But the Braves, that kind of walked through the beginning of my career and leading up to the World Series championship, and then I've been kind of approached the last year or so about doing a sequel to that kind of the back end of my career, hall of fame broadcast booth, all that kind of stuff. And, um, was a little hesitant to do it, but I guess finally came around to it. And, um, you know, so now this will be kind of the sequel to that inside pitch that kind of, like I say, walks through my, my time post world series back into my career hall of fame, and then kind of the transition from retirement into the broadcast booth. So, um, you know, it's something that people are always kind of interested in and and curious how you get the different spots in your life, particularly as a as an athlete. And uh, so I thought, you know, with the with the interest that seemed to be out there, why not? And uh, it was fun doing it. So I'm excited about it. How,
0: how did you go about prepping to, to write a book? I mean, as a starting pitcher, you know, you've got your rest day, you've got your throw day, you've got when you're pitching. But uh, when you sit down to write a book, what are you doing to get ready for that?
4: You know what? It, it's really, from my standpoint, I guess it's not all that difficult. Um, you know, the, the book, uh, the book is was written by Nick Cafardo, who wrote the first book that I did, and it, and it really kind of just is, is more of an interview process or a conversation, really. You know, we sit down, we we kind of talk about different things, and that obviously leads into other discussions and whatever. So it, it's more of a kind of a conversational thing that, that Nick then puts into uh, writing and, and, you know, thus the book comes of it. So it's, you know, I think initially it's just say, here's, here's kind of the topics that we kind of want to touch on. Um, You know, obviously the the thing, the major things were, you know, me going to play for the Mets for a few years, the uh, me coming back, the hall of fame induction, how did I get to the broadcast booth? So those are the kinds of the the headline things that you touch on. But then when you have those conversations, it sparks other conversations and other things that are interesting that end up finding their way in. So it, it's it's a pretty fun process.
0: Talking to uh, Tom Glavin, Braves legend, Hall of Fame pitcher. The book is called Inside Pitch, by the way. i got to mention the name of the book. And Tom will be signing it tomorrow night at the Eagle Eye Bookshop in Decatur on North Decatur Road. Go to eagleeyebooks.com to reserve your copies in advance. And if you want your signed copy, you need to make a $10 donation to Cure Childhood Cancer. Uh, while I got you, Tom, i got to ask you... Uh, uh, bittersweet memories that this is the last year that, that Turner Field will be around?
4: Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. You know, it, it, it seems like, you know, which I guess is the nature when you get older, uh, it seems like yesterday that, you know, we moved into that stadium. And, and you know, I, I think, like a lot of people, when I heard the news that the Braves were moving, I was surprised that that stadium has been around for 20 years. It didn't seem like it had, it's been around that long. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it is bittersweet. Obviously, as a, as a former player, uh you know i can always drive down uh you know to, to the stadium and, and see the old ballpark uh or at least the the parking lot that that represents the old ballpark and you have memories there as a player turner Field. you have memories there as a player and and you know with this new ballpark it'll be weird going in there as a former brave and having no memories of playing there so that'll be a little bit different but look you know i I know there's a a, a lot of feelings on either side of the aisle for this new stadium. I understand what the Braves are trying to do. Um, you know, I think if they do it right, it's going to create a, an atmosphere around the ballpark that I think is much different than what you see at Turner Field. and, And quite frankly, I think will be a lot more fun. Um, you know, I, I look at some of the stadiums that I really enjoyed towards the end of my career. Uh, San Diego, in particular, and Pittsburgh, I think, has done an unbelievable job of revitalizing downtown Pittsburgh around that ballpark. And um, you know, when you have when you have other stuff going around on around the ballpark, you know, hotels, restaurants, bars, things of that nature. There's a different vibe in the ballpark when you go in there, and I think that's what I always liked about what they did in Pittsburgh and in San Diego, and even Colorado. Uh, those places just had a different vibe because people were there longer. There was more of an anticipation coming up to it versus, you know, Turner Field. I think most of us try to get down there as fast as we can and try to get out of there as fast as we can. And, and that, just, that just has a different uh, environment to it than these ones where they're, they're more of the uh, the destination type places.
0: Uh, and I, I have no doubt that SunTrust Park is going to be fantastic in the in the area surrounding it. But you know, from coming from someone who um, worked on the Braves broadcast for years when they were on WSB and, and went to Turner Field eighty one times a year, um, you know, the, I, I developed a great affection for that ballpark and great memories there. And I can only imagine that's magnified a hundred times for actually someone that actually played on the field.
4: No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, like I say, I, when I go there now, uh, you know, you're, I'm hard pressed not to have some kind of thought of something, you know, even if it's as simple as, you know, remembering being out there on the field pitch, you know, may, you know, may not always a particular memory of a game or, or an event or something like that, but just the going, knowing that whenever I walk in there, or look out on that mound, you know, I pitched out there, I was out there. I know what it was like to pitch in that ballpark and, uh, you know the, the the enjoyment of pitching in that ballpark. So yeah, that's going to be lost in the new ballpark. I, I, I won't have that. Um, you know, a lot of people uh like yourself uh who have worked for the Braves uh, in years past won't have that in the new stadium. But you know, you're right. I don't I don't have any doubt it's going to. You know, SunTrust is going to be a phenomenal venue. But um, you know, that's kind of the good and the bad of the situation. The the, the good is. You know, we have a new ballpark. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to have unbelievable amenities. The bad of of that is, obviously, you you lose the memories of what you had at Turner Field and even at Fulton County Stadium, and um, that's going to be a little bit different out there because you know, even with Turner Field, you with it being so close to the to the site of the old ballpark at Fulton County, there was still kind of the uh, the memories of the two places. Now, you know, with a completely separate. Uh, environment. Um, it's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be an opportunity to create some more great memories.
0: Talking to Braves Hall of Famer and author Tom Glavin, the book is called Inside Pitch. He'll be signing books uh, tomorrow night at the Eagle Eye Bookshop uh, in North uh, Decatur Road in Decatur, uh, starting at 7 p.m. Uh, Tom, i got to ask you, as, as a, I consider myself a baseball buff, baseball historian, I can only imagine what what the baseball historians 50, 75, 100 years from now are going to look back on your career and and Maddox's career and Smoltz's career and see the numbers you you put up and and what you did on the mound in the height of the steroid era. Do you ever think about that, that you won 305 games when it was all about the hitters?
4: Sometimes I do, yeah. Um, You know, I, I think when you, there are times where I'll look back at it and, and and like you say, realize the era that we pitched in, and and see the success that we were able to have, and and you know it's the kind of thing that, you know, however proud you are of what you accomplished, I think it gives you a little bit higher higher sense of of appreciation for that. Now, you know, I know for us going through it all, you know, we didn't think much about all that. I mean, we knew it was going on. We knew things were going on around us that were that was you know, geared towards more offense and, and making it more difficult to pitch. But I think our mindset was always, okay, whatever whatever the, the situation is here, we're gonna try and find a way to be better and we're gonna try and find a way to beat it and, and continue to do what we do. And and I think that was helpful for us to be honest with you. We didn't get we didn't really get caught up in who was doing what or what was going on. For us it was about how do we get guys out and how do we continue to win games and, and, and I think we put it more on ourselves and less on pointing fingers at at the game or the system or, or whatever was going on around us and and you know like i say i think there are there are times where i'll get a glance of you know my statistics over over my career and see the amount of starts that i made in the innings i pitched and stuff like that and you know and it and it, there is a sense of pride in it because yeah it was not an easy time to pitch in the game uh in terms of how the offense in the game was but it, you know it was the card that we were dealt and we had to deal with it
0: the last time we talked, Tom was right before Hall of Fame induction. Tony Schiavone and I went down to Turner Field to talk to you, and then we were lucky enough to go up and and cover the induction for a WSB radio. Um, obviously, uh, a career highlight there, and especially with the group you went in. Are you able to now to go back every year for the for the induction ceremony?
4: I ha- well, I have. Yeah, I went back. So my, you know, it was great. My first year back, um, you know, was smelting going in. So that was that was great to go back and and. And see him go in and be a part of that. But it's funny, you know, when you're when you're the guy that's getting inducted uh, to a man. The guys that are already the hall of famers that come back. Well, I'll tell you the same thing. You know, get through this year and come back next year, and it'll be a heck of a lot more fun. And it was, you know, because you don't have you don't have the anxiety of being up there on the stage and and being inducted and having to give a speech and and you know there are obviously obligations media wise and things of that nature when you're the player going in that weekend. Um, so it, it was, it was, I don't want to say it was a rat race, but you know, you are kind of being tugged in a bunch of different directions. But like I say, you have, you have that anxiety hanging over you the whole time of having to look to deliver a speech. When we went back last year, there was none of that. It was just enjoy the things that were going on. Uh, enjoy the fact that uh, you're in that class. And, and, you know, for me, the added benefit of having my buddy Smolty go in so uh you know it it was much more relaxing last year and and i think it is the kind of thing that you know guys do try to go back every year um and i know things get in the way sometimes but you know for me it's the kind of thing that yeah i I anticipate going back every year because i know how hard i work to get there i know what a privilege it is to be there um so it's just the kind of thing that hey why wouldn't you go back every weekend and because on top of all that it's a pretty fun weekend, so it's fun to be a part of
0: it. Well, from someone that covered your career, uh, being able to be at that ceremony uh, along with the rest of Braves Nation, just beaming with pride in the uh, in the hot Cooperstown sun uh, during that that uh, awesome awesome ceremony, it was fantastic. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a hockey question. Um, I'm a, I'm a Connecticut native. I grew up a Hartford Whalers fan, and then I wow,
4: ad- you go way back.
0: I do go way back, and then I adopted the Thrashers when I moved to Atlanta, and there, so I'm extremely bad luck when it comes yeah. to hockey organizations. So I, I hesitate to even ask, but who should I adopt now as my home team? And don't say the Bruins because I can't do that. But
5: but Okay,
4: well, um, I, you know, I don't oh, – man, that's a good question. Um, well, I'm assuming you're not going to want to uh, adopt Winnipeg, being as they were the old Atlanta franchise. Um, yeah,
0: they're out. North Carolina's North South. South. out. <laughs> I can't yeah, do they're
4: that. They're still not very good. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. Um, man, it's hard to root for some of the Canadian teams. So, um <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Do I go Islanders? I mean, uh, Tavares. The Islanders are a fun, fun little team. They got some good young players. Um, But um, you know, it's hard because you know geographically we don't have a whole lot here other than Carolina, and um, I guess maybe Tampa. I mean, Tampa or Florida, but.
0: I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't
4: know. I got nothing for you, Mike. I can't help you with that. <laughs> no
0: problem. That'll be your next book, Who Aram Should Root For in <laughs> Hockey. Uh, the book is called Inside Pitch. It's available at booksellers now, and Tom's going to be signing copies tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Eagle Eye Bookshop, North Decatur Road in Decatur. Go to eagleeyebooks.com to reserve copies in advance. Tom, thank you so much for your time.
4: Always a pleasure, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: All right, we're going to come right back. Uh, We still have a couple of calls. Sorry for uh, the delay, Zach, Michael, and Marco. I have tickets to give away as well. 404-872-0750. One eight hundred WSB talk on Twitter at Mark Arum. This is the Mark Arum show.
5: This for a spell. Shall I say yeah. twenty two years ago to keep it on track? Uh-huh.
1: Mark Aram on 955 and AM seven fifty WSB.
0: Final segment of the show. Weird, interesting show today. Thanks for everyone for joining us. Let's try to get as many calls on as we can, real quick. Zach is in Marietta. Zach, welcome to the program.
7: Hey, what's going on, Mark?
0: What up, Zachary?
7: Hey, I just want to quickly uh, talk about the opiate epidemic. Yes, uh, sir. In northern Northern Atlanta. Um, I'm a 21-year-old guy. I graduated high school three years ago. And there's already been eight kids I went to high school with who have died from overdosing.
0: Wow. <clears throat> That's amazing.
7: I mean, it is just, it's, it's just kind of sad, you know, when you see... Like old women, like taking their kids to soccer practice, pulled over, and you know that there's just all these, just just narcotics out in the streets. It seems like they could.
0: Focus and then there. the and kids go from the uh, the opiates to heroin, right? That's the progression.
7: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, you know, they start off on oxycodone, then that becomes too expensive because it is pretty. Expensive. Yeah, it's
0: very expensive.
7: Pretty, and then you know. we, we
0: need to do we need to do a whole show on this. I appreciate the call, Zach. That, that's just crazy. Michael's in Lawrenceville. Hey, Mike, what's up, buddy?
7: Hey, Mark, we have something in common.
4: I grew up in Bristol, Connecticut.
0: Ah, home of Muzzy Field.
4: Then moved here, so I lost the Whalers, then lost the Flames, and then lost <laughs> the Thrashers.
0: There you go, exactly like me.
4: I'm a um, pastoral counselor and substance abuse counselor. And your last caller is correct. Uh, heroin is. Everywhere, and uh, that scares me to death because it's a very dangerous drug that can kill people and
7: does kill people.
0: It's it's the most addictive drug out there, right? There's there's just there's no way around it. It's unbelievable.
4: I would think so, but on the on the good side, of the good news is that it, you know in my counseling practice, I've had better success with heroin addicts than I have others, such oh. as meth.
0: Okay. Well, listen for your good deeds. I'm going to give you a pair of tickets to see Journey and the Doobie Brothers in concert June 8th at Lakewood. How about that?
5: flip
3: that's awesome
0: yeah produced by live nation so keep up uh, the good work there michael keeping uh, folks off the opiates marco lilburn
3: we need more
0: lemon pledge what's up marco hey not much uh
7: well i'm with uh charlie i'll, I'll take
4: the guillotine or the
0: uh <laughs> you don't want the chair <laughs> Take it
4: quick
0: yeah yeah everything all right with you uh yes yep all right uh,
4: sitting here in traffic on 285
0: whereabouts on 285 near 675 uh, right four seventy
4: five right before 75 all right
0: well um jackie lee is done so uh either bob kidd or susan carr is going to have you uh care of in just a minute i'll talk to you tomorrow all right marco 10-4 all right buddy let's do start of the show
5: and now are you guys
4: ready for the mark aram star of the show
0: uh, i'm gonna give it to jay black he set up the Tom Glavin interview. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jay Black produced uh he produced something for the show tonight. So we'll give Star of the Show to Little Jay Black, the angry guy. Little Jay Black. Maybe he won't be angry tomorrow. Yeah. Uh we'll continue th- this was a, a good conversation. We had good stuff today. Tomorrow, Frank DeFord, Little Sanjay, and Johnny Kilbasa, big show tomorrow. Uh we'll continue the conversation on Twitter at Mark Aram, Facebook Mark Aram WSB, and Instagram Mark Aram. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby.